Father, we just uh, we commit today to you, Lord. I ask that you take these words and that you will stir something in us. Uh, Lord, we, my prayer would be that these would be your words, not my words, that, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would give us a vision from you, a direction from you. And that, that today would be a launch pad of, of just this new phase, this new step in this journey that you have this community on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, six o'clock every morning, Bill Murray would wake up uh, to the same song. And, 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 and it wasn't because the radio station played the same song every day. After a couple of days, I think Bill Murray started to realise it wasn't because the radio station played the same song, it was because he was reliving the same day. Anybody ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? You know, and, and how exhausting would that be to be thinking that every day is the same, that tomorrow's going to look like today and today looked like yesterday and it's this endless repeat and replay, repeat, replay, repeat, replay. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a term called, we don't call it Groundhog Day anymore, we just call it lockdown. Um, <laughs> and and that, remember that, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd walk to the same chair at the kitchen and you'd do the, have the same meal, you'd do the same walk around the block and everything was sort of on repeat over and over and over again. And yet I think there's something in us that says, no, there's got to be more to that. And that's what I want to talk about today is how do we move beyond this notion where I'm just stuck where I am? And that is, is there all to life that this notion that I'm just going to do the same things over and over again, whether that as, a, as an individual or whether that as a church, whether that's a broader community, whatever the case may be, how do we move away from where we are now into something new? And I think today is all about something new. And of course, when we thought about this, the, the obvious passage was Isaiah 43, verse 19, where it says, God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Because God's always doing a new thing. Um, I, I, and I love that he's doing a new thing. And I love that he doesn't leave us where we are. And I love that he doesn't leave us in a state of decay. I'm finding that increasingly one of my favorite verses in scripture is that outwardly I'm wasting away, not that part, but inwardly I'm being renewed day by day. I love the thought that, that, hey, my journey isn't just going that way. God's always doing something new and something fresh. And so God does do something new. And sometimes that can be as a nation. Sometimes that can be as a community. Sometimes it's just for us individually. Um, now, I've got a bit of a caveat about what we're going to talk about today. If you've got it all together, your life is perfect, that you're exactly where you need to be with God, then um, I've got nothing for you today. But if you think, hey, I, I think there's more, I think go deep, I think I could grow, I think God's got work to do in and through me, then maybe what he says to the, to, through Isaiah, I think has some relevance to us. Now, what's interesting, before we get to verse 19... Funnily enough, you have verses 16, 17 and 18. And verse 16 and 17, it, it says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And it's really interesting. Israel at this time is under the bondage of the Babylonians. And what he says is, um, I want to remind you of a time when you're under bondage to the Egyptians. 
Goes, do you remember what that was like? And what happened there is I actually came through. Goes, do you remember that time? That time you cried out to me. And what happened? I heard you. Do you remember that time when you came to the Red Sea and you seemed like the, the enemy is bearing down on you and all hope is lost? And he said, I came through and I delivered you. Do you remember those times? Do you remember what I did to your enemies? Those things, those challenges that you're confronted with at that time. He says, do you remember what happened? He goes, I took care of it. And in verse 17, I don't know if you picked this up, he says, they lay there. This talk, when he talk, he's talking about their enemies. They lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Four times basically saying, they are gone, they are gone, they are gone, they are gone. He's drawing his attention to the fact that, hey, remember the Egyptians, I took care of that. You don't have to worry about those past battles anymore. I've taken care of those battles. Your enemies are gone. I took care of it. You don't have to look there. You don't have to focus on that anymore. You don't have to worry about that anymore. That battle is over. And I think that's really important because for us to look forward, you can't be looking back at the past battles and the things that are in the past because God says they're gone I've dealt with them. Leave them behind. And if you can leave them behind, then you can look toward the future. And we can't step into the future if we keep fighting the enemies of the past. That's his point. And sometimes we can feel trapped by things in our past. It might be a word or a choice or a mistake or a way that we were wronged or the way that we wronged somebody else or something that was said and we feel trapped in the past. Or or sometimes it could be something good. It might be a win, a success, the great old days. Do you remember when? And we get drawn and focusing on the past. And he's saying, you can't look to the future if you keep looking to the past. You'll never be able to step in the future if you keep being for looking that way when I want you to be looking that way. And sometimes the, the past has a habit of trying to drag us back and you're thinking, but I've grown, I've moved, I'm beyond that now. And it keeps wanting to drag you back. And God says, you need to be free of your past. You can step into the future that I have for you. And I think that's true for individuals. I think that's true for communities. I think it's true for nations. And, and it's like God saying, it doesn't matter who you, you've been or what you've done. I want to do something new in and through you. And so how do you do it? Well, verse 18 and 19, he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And the thing is, do, do, do you expect God to do a new thing? Sometimes we have a picture of God as, oh, God just seems to do the same old things. But no, the scripture says he does a new thing. God does new things all the time. And do you expect God to do a new thing in your life? If you do, then, then you'll be open to it. But if you think, oh, God never does anything new, then we never look for it and we never expect it. And the, and the point is, he is doing something new. Today is about God doing something new. And it's a preparedness to be, I'm open, God. What do you want to do in and through us today? What, what are your plans? What are your purposes? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? For us individually and, and as a community, what is it that you want to do? And the question then is, if God is a God of the future, if God is God who is the God of the new, 
then are you prepared to step into whatever the new looks like that God's got in store? And to be prepared to step in the future, he says, you've got to put the past behind you. I think one of the most tragic figures in fiction would have to be Mrs. Havisham in Great Expectations. Uh, if you don't know the story, uh, just very briefly, Mrs. Havisham is this character who was jilted on her wedding day. And several years later, a key character in Great Expectations, young Pip, comes into contact with her. And this is how he describes the encounter. She was dressed in rich materials, satins and lace and silks, all of white. Her shoes were white and she had a long white veil dependent from her hair. And she had bridal flowers in her hair, but her hair was white. Some bright jewels sparkled on her neck and on her hands and some other jewels lay sparkling on the table. Dresses, less splendid than the dress she wore, and half-packed trunks were scattered about. She had not quite finished dressing, for she had but one shoe on. The other was on the table near her hand. Her veil, but half arranged, was but half arranged. Her her watch and chain were not put on, and some lace for a bosom lay with, with those trinkets. And with a handkerchief and gloves and some flowers and a prayer book, all confusedly heaped, about the looking glass. It was, then, it was when I stood before her, avoiding her eyes, that I took note of the surrounding objects in detail and saw that her watch had stopped at 20 minutes to nine and that a clock in the room had stopped at 20 minutes to nine. And she's forever stuck at 20 minutes to nine because she could never move on from the past. And she was stuck in that moment. She couldn't escape her memory. She couldn't escape her past. And so she could never step into her future. And none of us are to live in our past. To step, the invitation for God is to step into the new. And he says the choice is ours. And do you notice what then he goes on to say about this? He says, forget, verse 18, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Which I find really interesting because you read scripture over and over again, God says, remember. He actually says, remember a lot. He, says, he goes, remember all sorts of things. And you remember them by, by, by songs, by telling stories, by, by celebrating festivals. And you, you tell them to remember all these things from our past. And he'll tell them to remember, remember, remember. And in fact, one of the things he tells them to remember is the story he's just talked about in verse 16 and 17. He says, remember remember when you cried out to me and I heard you? Do you remember when you were in bondage to the Egyptians? Do you remember that? And I heard you and I rescued you and I set you free. Do you remember all that? And then he says here, he goes, it seems like he's saying, remember, 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 forget. And so what is it? Is it remember or is it forget? To which God says, Yes. <laughs> That's it. Remember and forget. Because what he's saying is, he says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. In other words, don't live there. Don't live in the past. If you want to step in the future, you can't live in the past. You've got, you've got to be looking somewhere else. Ever heard that expression, um, let's make history? When I hear it, or well, let's change history, and I think, oh, I don't think you can. 
I don't think you can change history. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I can even make history. I can remember history, I suppose. It's interesting, Hebrews don't even have a unique word for history. The closest is zikaron, which means from which we get the, the word, words like memory or memorial or to remember. And they're saying when we look back, it's, it, it, we're not making history, we're not even changing history, we're just remembering different things that occurred. And really, we are the sum of our memories. But what is it we remember? And I think what he's saying is, I don't want you to remember that you were slaves. I don't want you to remember that you're in bondage. I don't want you to remember all your failures and your mistakes. I want you to remember that I am the God who heard your cries. I am the God who rescued you. I'm the God who is with you. That's what I want you to remember. I'm the God who created you. I'm the God who cares for you. I'm the God who calls you to live a particular way. That's what I want you to remember. So forget those things that keep causing you to dwell in the past and, and get you stuck there. He's saying, don't do a Mrs. Havisham. Don't get stuck at 20 to 9. But do remember, I am the God who rescues you. I'm the God who saved you from the Egyptians. I'm the God who can do it again now. Uh, there's a, a, a Jewish historian by the name of Yosef Haim Yerushlami. And I've just said that wrong again, but you'd never know. That's exactly how you pronounce it. <laughs> Right? And he said this, Jews believed that events through time reveal God's purpose for humankind. Hear what he's saying? Events in the past simply remind us of who God is. That's their point and his purposes. We don't go back to remember all our failures and, and hold ourselves to our failures, our wrongs, the ways that we've been hurt and the ways that we've been wronged. We go back and remember, look what God did in that and through that. To remember who God was in that moment. And he has plans and purposes for you, for us, for any of us as we look forward. And so what does the future look like? And uh, it was like Graham and I had been sharing notes when he said something before. I'm sort of elbowing Jen and going, yeah, yeah that's what I'm going to say. Because um, what's the future look like? It almost sounds sacrilegious. It's whatever you decide. It's whatever you decide. The future doesn't have to be a particular thing. It's whatever you decide it to be because God's already given you your identity and a purpose. Right? You know who you are. He says, I, I call you to be my stewards. I call you to, to redeem my image in, in humanity. I, I invite you to make me known. I, I, I want you to be light and salt. But how you do that, figure that out. And by the way, I'm the God in new things. You don't have to do it the same way that I've done it before. When he refers back to the way in which he got them out of slavery in Egypt, he's not saying, hey, watch me do that again. He says, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm still the same God. I'm still with you. I still hear your cries. I still rescue you. I still have a future for you, but don't expect me to act in exactly the same way. I can do a new thing in and through you because you're still my people. I'm still your God. And so whatever your future looks like, whatever you decide, as long as you remember who you are, and then Isaiah says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I find that a really confronting little phrase. Do you not perceive it? Because the answer is, well, truthfully, sometimes I don't. Because we're so busy looking at the past. Or too busy expecting God just to do exactly things the same way that he's always done them. 
rather than being open to God, what's this new thing you want to do in and through us? And the new thing could look very, very different from what it did in the past. But it's found in stepping into the future and trusting God. And you forget what you think you know and you remind yourself of who you trust. Let me finish just with these words from Jeremiah. It's around the same sort of theme. It's a very well-known verse. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And I love those words because he says them to Israel at a time when they feel like they have no hope and no future. They feel like it's been totally ripped away from them and they're going to exile. And he reframes their context. And he says, don't feel overwhelmed by what is surrounding you. Don't get stuck in your past. Just look towards the future with me and see what I do. I'm with you. I've got plans for you. Just trust me in it. And God has a future. He's a future for every one of us. It's not just about a community. It's about you individually. I think I want to say to you, God is not done with you. No matter what your past is, no matter what you've done, no matter what choices or mistakes or regrets you have, he's not done with you. The stuff he can do in and through you. And you just have to trust him in that. And trust his plans and purposes for you, the things that he wants to do in you and through you. And it may well be new. It may well be different from what you know. See, tomorrow is not necessarily a future. Sometimes we think we have a future with or without God. No, we just have a tomorrow. Groundhog Day was just a series of tomorrows, but there was no future in that. You can have a tomorrow that looks like today or a tomorrow that looks like the day before. That's not a future. God says, I'm doing something new. I haven't finished with you. I want to progress you. I want to progress you individually. I want to progress, renew as a community. Watch what new thing I can do. And it just says, just have a relationship with me. Just trust me in it and see what I can do. Remember who I am and don't dwell on the former things. And so how do you step into the new, this new thing God's got? Well, at the very least, my Azari tells us there are at least three things. Don't dwell on the former things. Whether that's as a church, whether that's as individuals, don't dwell on the former things. They don't define you. Remember, God's saying to them, I've got it. It's it's done with. Let the past be the past. So don't dwell on the former things. But remember who I am. I'm the God that saved you before and I'll save you again. I'm the God who saved you when you're enslaved in bondage to the Egyptians and I'll do it again when you find yourself in bondage and slavery to the Babylonians. Remember who I am in the face of your current challenges and just step forward with me knowing the plans that I have for you. Trust me. Just simply trust me and see this new thing that I can do in and through you. And I think that is the the word for you today. I hope. I want you to know where God says, see, I am doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in you. He's doing a new thing in you individually. Let your past go. Trust him. Remember who he is and all the good things he's done in your life. And trust him for the future. And what will it look like? Whatever you decide. But just remember who you are and remember who God is. Let me take a moment to pray.
Father, I, I have so much hope and, and love for this community. You know that, Lord, and I just see uh, your heart in the people here. And Father, I ask that you'll take this light and you'll let it shine throughout this community and beyond. That Father, when they face challenges and feel overwhelmed, whether that's personally or as a church, that Father, that they won't dwell or live in, the, in those moments, the past that they feel trapped by, that we ought to remember that you've got it and it's gone and it's dealt with and that you remind them of just who you are that you're the God who knows everybody in this room. You're the God who loves everybody in this room. You're the God who has plans and purposes for everybody in this room. You're the God who has been with us through challenges in the past and you continue to help us overcome challenges in the future. And Father, that we'll find the confidence to, to step into tomorrow daring to believe that you've got new things to do in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.